Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Peter Barsh teaches all curricular and co-curricular choirs at Batavia High School in Illinois. Batavia's school district has received a Best Communities for Music Education recognition from the NAM Foundation for nine years running. In addition to leading all of the choirs, Mr. Barsh also serves as music director for BHS Dramas Musicals every year. Mr. Barsh holds a master's degree in choral music education from Northern Illinois University and two bachelor's degrees from the honors program at Loyola University, Chicago. An active festival clinician, he also frequently runs sectional rehearsals at the Allstate and District Festivals. Mr. Barsh and his wife Annie live in Batavia with their three children. He maintains a busy performing schedule, often singing and recording in a variety of situations, including weddings and pop gigs, professional choral groups, and local church choirs. He also has experience leading contemporary worship with voice, bass guitar, and piano. So this week I have with me Peter Barsh from Batavia High School in uh, suburban Chicago out in Illinois. Peter is the first choir director of season six. So Peter, welcome to the podcast. Really thrilled to have you on. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. So your name came across my desk from Mike Olander and he said, oh, you have to talk to Peter. And then when I talked to the support team, they're like, oh, Peter's great. Um, so yeah, because they, I hassle them all the time. And I'm, 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 <laughs> we get, love get, that. I'm not leaving them alone. That's fantastic. Uh, but, but they, they, you know, so really, really pleased that you're able to take time out of your school day. The way I start every podcast episode is really having you tell your story, um, kind of a thumbnail sketch of how you got interested in music, teaching music, and then kind of a, a you know, a quick tour of your career up to where you are now uh, at Batavia. So why don't you give us the the kind of Peter Barsh story from, from the beginning? Sure. Uh, yeah. So I, I grew up in the uh, Chicago suburbs as well, a different suburb than where I'm at right now, uh, town called Oswego. And um, I loved music and, and, and all of that. I, I played piano and trombone and choir um, as I was growing up. And um, I didn't go to school to be a, a music teacher. I was, I was sort of, I don't know. I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I, I just took all the hard classes I could cause I, cause I did okay in school and, and I ended up pre-med, oh, went, wow. to Loyola, <laughs> went to Loyola um, University of Chicago pre-med, and I just kind of kept doing it. It wasn't um, out of any great love of, you know, wanting to help the health of humanity or anything like that. Um, that was just kind of going along. I wasn't terribly mature. Um, and it was just like, I don't know, that's kind of where the smart kids went. And so that's what I did, except when I was at Loyola, all of the time I was there, I was I was hanging out with the music program kids. I, I would go to my biology classes and and but I would I would go hang out with all of my musician friends all, all night. And then finally I got to the to, to make a long story medium, I got to like the the end thing. I took the MCAT, all that kind of stuff. 
and it, you know, for the first time I had this obstacle, I had this thing in my way that, that, you know, I didn't get into medical school the first time I tried. I was having a conversation with a, a, a friend of mine who, of course, I was in a choir with, who's on, she was on an admissions board for another university, another medical school. And I'm like, what is happening? Why am I not getting in? I mean, my grades are good. My, my, GP, my, my test scores are good. She said, they wanted to know what you would do if you had an obstacle. And I, I didn't get it. And she said, well, all right. So when you didn't get into medical school that first time, what did you do? Did you get a master's in pharmacology? Did you start driving an ambulance? No, I joined three bands and two choirs and I started uh-huh. teaching a whole <laughs> bunch of private lessons. And she said, they, they know what you want to do with your life better than you do. What do you actually do with your time? You spend it making music. That's all you want to do. And at that point, I, I went home and had a cry. And I was like, yeah, she's right. And uh, then I decided that I wasn't going back. I was just going to do music. And so I, I got a BS in biology from Loyola and a BA in music um, just because I had to or just because I right. wanted to. And then after that, I just gigged for years and, and I just taught lessons and I took every gig on, on voice or electric bass or piano or trombone or, or whatever that I could. I taught every lesson that I could. I joined every band that I could and and uh, just did as much performing. And then um, along the way, I uh, my old junior high band director, Marjean Pappas, who Illinois band directors know her. She's a legend. Mm-hmm. She called me and she said, hey, I've got a friend who could use an assistant band director. And I'm like, I've never taken an a conducting class. I've never taken instrumental methods. I don't play saxophone, any of that stuff. And she's like, you're a good musician. You'll be fine. And, um, I got the bug in, in, in doing that just part-time helping out with this, with this, um, private school band. And I'm like, man, I really like classroom teaching a lot more than I thought I would. I, I, at the, as a high school, I didn't think that's what I wanted to do, but man, it's just after teaching a bunch of lessons and, I'm like, now nah, this is great. And so then I went back and I got my um, master's degree, an MM from Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois University, where I studied with uh, Eric Johnson. And um, I got my Thiessen certificate, certificate at that time. And then I went on in. I was sure I was going to do middle school because I'm like, I loved the middle school students right, I taught right. private lessons to. I really thought I would enjoy it. I student taught with uh, Beth Best at Hill Middle School, and that I loved it. It was so great. And then I went to um, student teach my high school thing with Frank Thierry at Oswego High School. And r- when I was there, I was like halfway in. He walks me into the 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 uh, principal of the new Oswego East High School uh, they were building at that time. And he's like, hey, I got your guy. And, you know, it, it turned ended up being that a, a whole bunch of people, dozens of people applied for that job. But I did get it. Um, and then so I've just been doing high school ever since. This is year 20 for me. I was at Oswego East for 11 years, and now um, I'm in my ninth year um, at Batavia, which is you know, a half hour up the road from there. We're, this Batavia, I'm like 30 miles west of Chicago or so. Okay. So what um, I love, you know, it's it's always great hearing people's story because it really informs kind of their teaching. Um, and, you know, the the past performance experiences you have often um, uh, kind of have a they come up like my, I come from a, a family where everybody in my family except my dad and I were on Broadway. And so therefore, I love doing musicals with my, oh, yeah, you know, my students. And I, and I knew a lot of it. You know, that that was just my thing. Um, I ended up in band. You started in band and then, and what, I mean, what is your role now at the table? Yeah. So I only do choir. Uh, so I have 
I have uh, five curricular choirs, and then I have a a choir that is co-taught with PE and um, and art that is sort of uh, for for kids with special needs. So it's mm-hmm. it's we have uh, sort of regularly able kids. Uh, they work on leadership skills and they work on, you know, a lot of these regularly able kids, they're like siblings, maybe have Down syndrome or cerebral palsy. Right. And uh, so we do we do some choir stuff uh, and we do some art stuff and, and some PE stuff. It's a really, really cool thing. But it's only choir um, for me all day. Um, I do I'm the you know music director for the musical. I, I do show choir and jazz choir after school. Um, but that's it. But I grew up um, I'm sort of master you know jack of all trades master of none sort of thing i'm yeah, yeah me i'm too. a pretty good <laughs> piano player i'm a pretty good trombone player i'm a pretty good bass player but i can i can list you a dozen people that are better at any of those things than me but i would i mean look every musician listening to this podcast knows you don't have to be the best piano player in the world you just have to be good enough for whatever the gig is right. and you have to return phone calls and emails on time and then you'll get the <laughs> then you'll get the job or you get called back and so that was what a lot of my stuff was. I was good enough and I knew people. And, you know, if I if I knew somebody that I sang with and they're like, hey, you play bass, don't you? Okay, come on in, and do this. Then I'd end up doing that. So I was, I was, it was only literally, I was in my um, advisor's office going into my master's in, in, at NIU. And they said, all right, so what do you want to do? Do you want to be a band director or a choir director? I was like 24. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I what, why do I have to choose? And they're like, you kind of have to choose. So I, I, I was like, it, it was, I wish you, I really had a better answer. I'm, I'm so embarrassed that like, I'm so immature, but I was like, you know what? Choir directors don't have all of the gear and the, all of the equipment and all of the marching uniforms and, and all of the like xylophones and all this kind of right, stuff. Right. And I'm a better singer and a better piano player than I am a trombone player. And so just in that moment, I'm like, all right, choir it is I, I wish i had a better answer but there it is that's, and it's it to me that's just fascinating because uh, you know n- now reflecting because in my my second job ever i was pre-k general vocal instrumental yeah um and it is true that when you're a choir director you know I, we would show up to sing um in the local mall around christmas time and we'd sing christmas carols in front of the tree <laughs> You know, yeah. I didn't really have to bring anything with me. You know, it was just to uh, make sure I have my folder and the kids have theirs. And <laughs> I, I totally get that. And, it definitely and I, simplifies things. It definitely does. But, so, I, but I, mean, I loved, I loved all of it. Look, and and that's one of the reasons why I love teaching so much in general is is I I couldn't imagine like one of my voice teachers was really trying to meet, get me to be a countertenor for for you know six months uh, in 1998. I was really mm-hmm. good at singing the really 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 high stuff. And she was like, you know what, let's go get a master's in vocal performance and you can be a countertenor. And I'm like, I can't see myself only doing one thing. Right, right. And so I can do, I can pick music that's Broadway. I can pick music that's in French. I can pick music that's in Finnish. I could, I could do something that's weird time signatures. I could do, you know, and I get to just geek out with these kids all the time and just, hey, isn't this cool? You know, it's not... Um, it's not so, it's not really about the, the meticulous perfection of, of one little thing. It's, I get to be super jazzed about whatever right? with a bunch of kids that are, that are also like, yeah, show me, show me this and show me that. And, and, and from my, from my perspective, coming at as a generalist, you know what I mean? Yep. I, that it's, it's the perfect fit for me. It's, it's, it's why I've like been, you know, never looked back, honestly. Yeah, it's great. I mean, 20 years in, I'm actually interested because for those of us who are not from the, the greater Chicagoland area, what what is your community 
like? I mean, is it's 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 not quite urban. It's not quite yeah. rural. I mean, what it is, is the, it like is the, the demographic it is a of your? Yeah, it is a suburb of Chicago. It's we are like the farthest west before it's all cornfields. Um, it's an interesting town. Fermilab. If people have heard of Fermilab, it's like one of the two large like colliders in the world yep. the other ones oh, in switzerland wow. fermilab is here so every now and then i'll have the kids of these like super geniuses um and uh but it's it's a pretty uh it's economically diverse we've got some some very wealthy kids and we've got some very not um but it's all it's all over the place in this town which i kind of like but it's um it's uh, a good community that really supports music which is nice um, they, they have a, we have a great K through 12, uh, um, organization called the music buffs that help, uh, fundraise for K and, and elementary and middle school and high school. It's a unified, it's a unit district. So it's all together. Oh, that's great. We have a, a little, our high school is a little bit less than 2000 kids. We're in a sort of down thing in terms of size right now. Like the town is, is, is in a low point for kids that are this age. Yeah, but for many, 18. many people, they hear 2000 in your, in your high school. Like I yeah. know you're on the East coast, that's a ton. No, uh, I know. Yeah. No, but, but I mean, there's, there's some left. around here that'll have 4,500 kids. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, so, so we're, we're not that, um, but we, but we, yeah, we're about a little, little under 2000 kids in the, in the high school. Um, and then we have one middle school and six elementaries that all feed into us. Cool. So we're going to switch over now to the, the topic at hand, which is, uh, music technology. I would love to know before you get into what you're doing with your students, like what got you into music technology is it something that you just had to do or is it is it something that you had an interest in I'm, I'm just i'm curious about your background in music tech in general um i'm i mean i'm, I'm a fiddler and so i mean i'll i'll, I'll i like I, I like just exploring and, yep. and trying things out and so i would do that some of that on my own but um it really came to as a as a teacher getting getting into tech really came from the need to um differentiate yep that that i would be able to set something up for a certain set of kids and then a different set of kids i could i could send i could send everything out at once but the kids got the thing that was tailored to them yes yep. um and that is is something that is one of one of my favorite things about music first about your product and 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 you know i i know when i'm not making you a commercial right now but one of the things that i'm that i'm most excited about is is i'll set up like a, a lesson right the music first people know a lesson is this yeah. is what it is and then in that i'll have like 10 tasks that are in musician and aurelia or something mm -hmm. like that and then no kid does all 10 tasks but i'll i will send some of those tasks to some of those kids and then some of those tasks to other kids. So I can tell everybody, hey, we've all got your music lesson four or music theory lesson four to do. You know what I mean? Everybody knows they've right. got homework, but different kids get different things that fit their uh, that fit their need. That's perfect. That sort of thing has been my why I've loved educational technology so much because it it just allows me to get to really target uh, what kids need if they're getting bored or if they're getting lost. You know, and then I end up flipping the classroom like so many people do, where I'll say, okay, I'm going to give you 20 minutes of class to go work on these assignments. I'll just float around and answer questions. But I even, you can even link video into each of those tasks. Mm -hmm. So each of those tasks is a video of me doing the task. And so, so they oh, can, wow. they can watch it themselves. So I don't even have to lecture the concept in class. I will send them out. They can watch the video and then they can do the task of you know key signature identification or scale building or whatever whatever it is that's in musician or Norelia, or they can show their parents or they can show their private lesson teacher and it was 
a ridiculously amount of time to set it up. Absolutely. I would, that's why it was my next question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was a COVID summer is, is yeah. what that was. But, uh, but now it's up and now I can come in and I can tweak things. Like, like I, I think my, I have four levels. I have, I have, you know, level one, level two, level three. And then I have a real sort of fundamentals, like, yes, we're doing note naming again, like for some of the kids, that's really what they needed. I feel like my normal level one is too high, is too hard. So I feel like I'm going to make a level like 0.5. Right, right. But, but because I have all of this other stuff, you know, I, I don't have to start it from scratch. It's, I can just tweak as I go. And it's, yep. it's so, so helpful. That's awesome. Um, so are you using it? You said you teach, I believe you said five, is it five different choirs during the day? Yes. Five different choirs. Uh, plus so I'll, plus we're on a, a special class. Yeah. So we, we have 90 minute blocks. Um, and so the our school has four 90 minute blocks a day. Okay. And so each teacher is supposed to have uh, three classes that go every day. And then they have one of them that's off. Um, the music teachers, we go every other day so that we can go all year. It don't have to, you know, just do a oh, semester and then say, right. okay, it's January. And then right, you're not going to play your clarinet again until, until August. We go, we go every other day all year. That makes so, sense. So today I'll have three of my classes. Tomorrow I'll have three of my classes. Um, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but that's the idea. So I'll, so that also is a huge help because one of the things I'll do, you know, when I give them that that time in the middle of our ninety minute block, because also, look, nobody's going to sit still for ninety minutes. I'm 90 not going to sit in a meeting. <laughs> you know what sit. I mean? Please, as a boss, don't make your people sit in a ninety minute meeting. That right. they will, you know. But so I need need to give something in there to break them up. So I give them this independent work time. And then what I encourage them to do is to do those music theory and sight reading factory assignments and whatever, you know, practice first things, do it there during that time when I'm here, when I can, I can answer your questions, we've got practice rooms so that in between classes, because, because we go every other day essentially that ends up being, we have at least two and sometimes as many as six days between class periods. Oh. Let's say I have them on a Thursday and then there's a three day weekend and then, you know, then it comes yep. back and it's the other group. So sometimes it's a long time between classes. What I want them to do is not their music theory. If they're, if they're going to give me a half hour on that weekend, I don't want it to be music theory. I want them to be practicing their music because, right, right. you know, you go five days in between and they, and then you're completely starting over. So um, what I'll do in Soundtrap is I make uh, practice tracks. Um, I'll, very often I will um, scan in uh, music using Photoscore mm -hmm. uh, and then make then make a um, MIDI file out of it or something like that. Look, I'm not recommending that. It's ridiculously amount of time. It's but a lot of work. Yep, <laughs> it is a lot of work. But it's but it's it's worth it to me um, because then I can get a MIDI file out of it and I can I can put that up. Uh, I import the MIDI file into Soundtrap. Um, and then, uh, and then they have this thing that they can play with. And the advantage of having practice tracks and Soundtrap is that they can speed it up and they can slow it down um, and they can change the relative volumes of the other parts. So they might, I might say, Hey, you're, here's this new song you're learning, turn your part up and the others down. And then right, maybe three right. weeks in, I'll say, okay, now turn your part down and turn the others up. You know what I mean? Or yep. you can speed up or slow down because it's a MIDI file. They can do that as opposed to if I just sang it in. So the uh, that's what I want them to do in between classes is spend Got some it. time with with Soundtrap, you know, so that they can they can get the actual practice for the for the songs, you know. That's fantastic. Um, so what what software do you actually have? With, I mean, so Musician Aurelia, Practice First, Sight Reading Factory, and Soundtrap, and uh, we have 
yeah, we have uh, note flight or flat. You think I'd have? You'd think I'd have it memorized, but you'd be wrong. Um, yeah, uh, uh, musician Aurelia. We have focus on sound. Oh yeah. Uh, note flight, practice first, sight reading factory, sound trap. Yeah, you have uh, what I would consider the Rolls Royce line up there, and there's so many different things that you can do. Yeah, I don't have enough. I don't have enough days to get yeah. to this. I, honestly, I I had a. I'm trying to one of the things that I like one of my long-term things right now is I want to get more and more um, composition, more creativity. And, um, and I, for a while I was using note flight a lot to have kids write melodies and stuff like that. And then I, I have stepped away from that because I'm, I, I felt like it was very much like putting the dot in the right place kind of stuff and not yep. as much about like actually coming up with, with stuff creatively. So, so now I'm tending to do more, um, songwriting things within Soundtrap, within loops and stuff like that, and then um, and focusing on it that way. So I, I, we use Note Flight here as our school uh, a lot for our um, Music Theory AP class. Uh, yeah. Um, one of our teachers uses it all the time. Our band directors use Practice First all the time. I um, walked away from Practice First for for a little bit. I was just feeling a little bit overwhelmed with software stuff. Yeah. And if, look, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, then my kids' students certainly are. Yep. Um, and, um, and I had in the past used the uh, um the other one the the smart music one yep. and it was so bad it, and it may be better now i have no idea it may it was so bad at telling at really recognizing what the kids were singing that they would they would get these like 20 or 30 percent scores and they'd just be like ah forget it all i quit i'm just gonna go live under a rock and quit choir um and um and so it, I just stopped using it because I always had to come back and say, all right, I'm going to grade it. I'm going to listen to it myself. And then like, if I have to listen to all of these myself, why the am point? I using it? <laughs> right. I know. And so practice first seems like it's a little bit better at grading that, um, grading that stuff. So I, I think I'm going to be maybe this year, one of my tasks for this year is going to figure out how to get back into practice first. But I, I, I'm giving my kids teaching the soundtrack, teaching them sight reading factory, teaching the musician Aurelia. Uh, they, uh, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm overloading a little bit with. Yeah, no, I and the kids it, let me, their heads around. Look from from the person who runs the company. I, I think that you're doing things the right way, and I always feel that technology should be used as a tool that benefits you, that benefits the students. And if there's something that's not quite right, why keep beating a horse that's not running? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So you know, and and, and, and also look, people, teachers are different teachers are different people and and there's not one way to do it there's not one way i mean there i'm sure there are some choir directors out here who are you know i talked about that i'm this generalist that i do a little bit of everything there are some choir directors that i'm sure are really good at getting their choir to sound just just so and they and and i'm they'll blow me out of the water in terms of, of that look go do what you do well you know what i mean go do what's it's what's exciting to you what's exciting to me is i want kids when they leave here to be able to do whatever it I need to do when I go to a gig. Do right. I need to be able to sight read? Yes, I do. They need, do I need to be able to know key signatures in order to sight read? Yes, I do. You know what I mean? <laughs> so right. like uh, every I don't want them to graduate here not knowing what it really entails to 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 go be a singer. They, do, are they going to be a professional singer? Uh, probably not, but but I want them to know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. You know, and the other thing is the the it's look five years from now, nobody's going to care about the circle of fifths. You know, maybe 3% of these kids are going to, are going to do that. But you know what? Same as the Pythagorean theorem and same, same as the Krebs cycle, like half the stuff they get in, in high school, they're not going to care about anymore. Right. But what, what really matters is when you leave here, do you love music like you ever did? And do you have some tools 
to help yourself go do go go to your basement and make write songs in Soundtrap and collaborate with somebody who went to a different college than you and you play bass on the stuff and they sing it you put in drums things together like go be a musician and and that will never go away yeah i peter first of all uh, you just said my entire philosophy of music <laughs> education really really much more eloquently than i can and that is that Whenever I would go to interviews for for a job, I had three three jobs in the public schools of New Jersey. You know, eventually the question comes up with the administrator. You know, why? What is your goal? What what? Why do you want to be a music teacher? Or what is your goal for the students? And mine was always, I want students to love music as much as I do. Like that's my goal. Yeah. It's a simple. And that the vast majority, I mean, 99% of the students that we teach are not going to go into this career, whether it's their parents telling them, you'll never make any money, or which is what my yeah. parents did, sure. or, you know, or just not having the self-confidence or not having, you know, or or, or freaking out and, and, and going into a pre-med program because, you know, you figure that's what you should do, you know, yeah. so... Um, and, and so whenever I hear, especially I never taught, I taught jazz band at a high school, like as an after school program, I was never a high school teacher full time. So I don't know what that pressure must be like having, you know, kids saying, I want to go into music. And uh, I've never had that, but that's not the point. The point is to um, get the kids to be lifelong music lovers, because, you know, I, I still go to concerts all the time. Uh, I'm a musician, but I go with friends who are not active musicians, but who love music as much as I do. And they're just there to there to consume. So I, I really appreciate that perspective. Well, I mean, and that gets back to uh, one of the one of the pressures that I think a lot of high school or high school teachers face uh, is education versus training. Mm. And this is not we are not just teaching you job skills to go and and do a job there there's 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 some roles in that and there are some ways there's some classes that you can take that are much more that um but education is is much more about how do you live your life in a beautiful way and 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 with me with my weirdness of of, of thing i don't regret my time at loyola i got a great education there yeah absolutely you know i i i definitely learned a lot about how to live and how to think deeply and how to and how you know and and it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just do this thing again. It's not just training me to live my life. Like, look, most, I, th I would think a lot of music teachers, they get into the job for a year or two and they're like, man, there's so much that I didn't know that, that any tr teacher training program could never teach me. Yep. It's it, <laughs> being, being able to teach you. Uh, being able to educate you is so much more um, than than to be able to train you, and that's and if we take our our that attitude towards our music programs, then our kids come out with the with the ability to think and create, and they have a relationship with music that means that is going to make their life more beautiful. Uh, that uh, and that's and that's a wonderful that thing. Well done, man. I love that. That's a great great answer. Um, so let's get back into the music tech thing. I'd love to know sure. like what what kinds of activities, projects, things are you doing with your students? Like what 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 are they working on right now? And and sure. Know. So we do um I tend to set things up in a like regular way. You know, I don't have like like a like when I was doing a, a general music class and my student teaching, I would do like I'd have a few weeks of one thing. Um, this, I tend to be like, this is going to go over. So like every two weeks I do one of those music theory lessons with right. a bunch of, bunch of tasks in them. That's so I do 18 of them over the course of the year. Um, I do maybe every three or every four weeks, they'll have a, a site reading factory site reading assignment to do that. I'm going to, that I'm going to grade. 
I used to give them more, but I realized that I just couldn't keep up, uh, keep up with grading that independently. And so right. I wanted to make sure that I, if I'm going to make him do it, then I'm going to be able to, to respond and think. Um, and then, um, as I said, I do these soundtrap files that, that they can practice with. And then in, in infrequently, maybe one a month, they'll have a, a soundtrap sort of creative, um, thing where they'll, they'll, they'll come up with, uh, either write a lyric and then, and put a, put a, um, some loops underneath it or something right. like that. Um, but, uh, it, it's, those are the and in, in addition to all the actually learning the songs um those right. are the those are the big projects we'll do but you know i mean look tech isn't isn't um it's not a thing in itself you know what Correct. i mean it's not it's not the goal you know what i mean i love i love um uh, there's a not a music tech person but she's an educational tech person called alice keeler oh yeah and yep she's wonderful she talks about like paperless is not pedagogy it's not just it's not just taking the paper out and replacing it with something else but really to to be able to do something that paper can't do and so like that's that's what i what i try to use tech it's like if it can't be if it can't be done you know if it can't do add something new like the fact that focus on sound this this encyclopedia can they can really hear quickly vetted uh, uh what does this actually sound like you know that's better than any worksheet ever could that's something you know um that's you know that's the the point really you know yeah i mean the, uh, in in ed te in the world of ed tech there is the samr model which is substitution augmentation modification yeah. and redefinition i'm glad and you I remembered that, it because I, I never could have remembered that yeah no no i i i know that inside now i have it written on my arm actually hmm. um I'm just joking uh but the redefinition is really what is exciting about tech where you're doing something that just isn't done or inconceivable, if you will, inconceivable that wasn't previously yeah. possible. And a substitution is what you're talking about. Like, a, a you know, a Google form giving the kids an online quiz is really just the most basic scratching of the surface. But yeah. something like the sight reading factory, uh, to me, um, and by the way, th when this episode airs, we're, we're a few weeks away from an incredible announcement, Peter, that you're going to love that I'll tell you once we get off the air um wow. about grading and it's going to get a whole lot better very soon but oh, cool. I, i'll just tease it with that um you know when i first saw sight reading factory uh come out my daughter was actually the one who introduced it to me um she was practicing for her nisma evaluation and she was using sight reading factory and i was blown away by it and it's really just the it, it's not even um an augmentation i'm going up the samra model it's more of a modification meaning that this little algorithm in Sight Reading Factory is composing a brand new piece of music that never existed before. And yeah. you didn't have to go over to your choir library and pull out, you know, an octavo and hand it out to your entire ensemble and just waste that time. Or even if it was you have an overhead projector and put it up on the yeah. board. Giant yeah. time suck. So or I would find I would find these sight reading books that if the kids were struggling in chapter one of the sight reading book, yep. they weren't going to get better at chapter two. Correct. You know what I mean? And so yes. with this, I can say, look, I, I can send them to, you know, a certain difficulty level of sight reading factory assignment. And you do that until you need to not do that. But, but I'm not, you don't have to go because I'm out of, because I'm out of assignments. Right. You know, because I'm out of, of things, you know? Right. No, it's great. Um, so yeah, I mean, it sounds like you've got creative projects going, you've got projects that are building their musicianship skills. Um, I don't like saying the, the, the COVID word anymore, but 
you know, post uh, pandemic and, and kind of now that we've, I would say we're completely, I mean, even though it's always going to be there, it's, it's, it's not really impacting your day-to-day -day choir rehearsals anymore, or hopefully not, um, is the idea that the individual musicianship skill building that every teacher resorted to during that when you couldn't have ensemble rehearsals, it's so encouraging to see teachers like you still building those individual ear training and music theory skills. And, and look, I was a middle school band director, middle school orchestra director for the majority of my career. And I just didn't ever pull that stuff out during a rehearsal because it would waste, quote unquote, the rehearsal time. And I have always had a concert looming on the horizon. I'm sure you've got a winter concert. You probably at a high school, you probably got, you know, 10 performances a year, uh, maybe more. Um, but, you yeah, know, that, that rehearsal uh, time was absolutely sacred. And there were always kids absent or, oh, I have a math test. I can't show up. So I, I just didn't do it. Um, and so. Yeah. You well, know. and the down the downside was I was getting. I mean, look, look COVID has a million stories, and right. and nine hundred thousand of them are terrible. But there are a few of them that were there were some you know very dim silver linings to those yeah. clouds. Yeah. And and one of them is, um, I'll just tell it from my perspective. I was super burned out in the in the feeling like it was get ready for the concert, have the concert, get ready for teach the notes have the concert, teach the notes, have the concert. And and it, I was feeling like I was just chasing my tail all the time and and teaching these, teaching these, uh, getting these kids ready. And they were great. And we made good music and we, we had fun along the way, but it was, but it was, it was stressful in the sense that we were just chasing these performances. And then that got taken away and it was completely off the table for a while. And even more primary than focusing on individual musicianship skill was look what's more the absolute most important thing i do is have my kids back right 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 and the 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 absolute most if you were if you were to ask every other every music teacher out there and say what's the best thing about this your favorite music teacher it's it's not about what a great singer they were or not it's not going to be about the cool songs you did or or did you go to vienna it's going to be a it's going to be about I remember this this time when we were all laughing, or I remember this one time when we were engaged in this song and we were telling stories that that we didn't even realize we we could share in a school setting, but it right. was but it was so personal. And those relationships, that's the that's more important than anything. Absolutely. And and so that in that situation, when when all of that, all of the performance pressure got taken off. Um, yes, we had these technology tools, but the, some of those technology tools became ways for us to connect. And so it was, it was share, what music are you excited about? And so we could, so we could listen, you know, go back and forth and, and get to know each other, you know, through our little windows, uh, of, uh, of that, and, you know, try to, try to find ways to connect personally. Um, and now, now that we're back and, and, and not really, um, affected by that anymore, why would I give that up? You know, why would we, why would we walk back? Why would I go back to just chasing out performances, you know? And, um, the, the, the skill level is, is higher now in terms of what these kids understand yep. and they sight read faster and we, we're going to sound better with less rehearsal time in class because I'm not having to, I'm not having to, to plunk out notes on the piano as much, which you know, spoiler alert is the most boring part of a choir rehearsal, <laughs> you know? And so like, why would we, why would we ever go back? But I mean, look, that, that, like I was saying, that relationship is the, is the biggest thing, you know, and there, there are some music teachers who, 
you know, if they maybe aren't as tech, tech excited as I am, but like the tech isn't trying to replace you. You know, the, the, the kids are only going to use the tech if you're, if you're excited about it. And so like, if the teacher's scared of it or hesitated, the kids will pick up on that. They, 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 you know, know when you'd rather be doing something else. So like what we, as a teacher, it, all we can do is say a little bit at a time, bring, dip our toe in the water, get, get something, understand it, get excited about it. And then the kids will be excited about it too. You know what I mean? Um, it's the, it's all the relationship. Like, you know, if you think about the wonderful teachers you had, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. They didn't have Soundtrap or Sight Reading right, Factory. Right. Why did I love music? It's you know? because of the relationship with the teacher, 100%. Completely, you know? And so so the the a good technical setup doesn't mean that now music music education matters. It always mattered, you know? If, but, it's, but if it can help us to get, to make this last, if it can help us to make this meaningful in a long-term way, if it can help them get, there's so many things that I'm like, gosh, I wish I knew how to do this. It wasn't my music teacher's fault that I didn't know this when I was 12, right, but right, they right. just didn't have the tools that I have, you know? It doesn't yeah, mean I know, love them any less. You, you touch on a very, first of all, two important things, the relationship between students and teachers, and especially music teachers, in my opinion, which is one of the, the coolest uh, uh, relationships that you can have, but also this idea of, uh, in a perfect world, I would love the use of technology to be completely transparent, meaning that you're not making any deal whatsoever of the fact that you're using it. But instead, it's like if you're going to teach when think about when, you know, so I'm I'm probably quite a bit older than you, Peter. But, let, let, you know, when I learned my intervals when I was 12 years old in 1982, it was a it was a music theory teacher sitting behind a piano on a Saturday teaching us the songs for a major third, a major fourth, yeah. a minor third, a perfect fifth. And yes, it was boring, but I still remember those, um, you know, perfect fifth, you know, is twinkle, twinkle, that, that, that's it. And, and, and there's a place for us is, uh, you know, minor set, all those things that um, you kind of remember. And that teacher didn't have the ability to have like Aurelia to teach me those intervals. That's what they right. had at their hands. So it's like, well, look, if you have this tool at your disposal to be able to teach a major sixth easier than plunking it out on a piano, then wh why not use it? And why so, wouldn't you? yeah, well, and, th and that's the thing we, we have, we have this, uh, as, as old guy to old guy, I'm, I'm closer <laughs> to your age than you think you are. Right. Um, the, there are so many ways that we did this, you know, how this is the way I did it, or this is the way I learned it. And I turned out fine. I mean, we don't we know better you know yeah. that 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 just simply doing what we what we experience isn't always necessarily the best way to do it right you know right. and yeah. that specific example absolutely doing that on aurelia or doing something with with technology because then they can get a, a million reps yep. the kids can sit there and they can, they practice. can just do this over and just they they can do that without you holding their hand without and without you know they don't have to can you imagine you you remember what these were like i do too where they would you know the teacher would play bum bum and then you would have to go in you're like oh what was that perfect fourth well you try to write it down yep. and then you turn in the paper and then they would give it back to you four days later and you found yep. out if you had it correct or not and you'd forgotten like, everything you'd forgotten what it was in the first time right this way we get the kids get so many just just instant 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 feedback yep. and, and 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 in a way that is is so meaningful and helpful like ah oh man, I these kids just blow me out of the out of the water. I can't imagine how good they are 
and how good they're going to be uh and and maybe how you know, what if if i had had um the, these things available to me like yeah. what, like i do when they when they're their age you know yeah so peter you you dovetailed almost you segued almost be perfectly seamlessly into the huh. advice question I, I only have time for two more and i want to make yeah. sure i get these in what advice would you give to other choir directors music teachers about incorporating tech into their programs yeah like i said before just start small don't don't feel like this is going to replace what you're doing otherwise get do a little bit at a time do one thing Yep. You know, we have a tendency, we have a, this, you know, music first, for example, we've got all of these things available to me. And, and you know, if I, I feel bad, if I, you know, maybe I'm not using one of them as much, but just get good at one thing, just spend some time with one, one task and, and, and find a way to incorporate it until, until you're not worried about it anymore and then start doing another thing. You know, it, it, it really, it really, it's almost like learning instruments. The more you yep. learn them, the, the, the easier they get. And, um, and tech is, I think that way too, you know, but, but just because you can do makes the kids do something cool. It doesn't mean you have to, um, we have to set some boundaries. And for me, that was, is this a skill that I use in my gigging? You know what I mean? And, and if there's this cool thing that, that maybe is, is out there, I, sometimes I say, maybe that's something that they get to later, or that maybe that's something that is taught to them in college or something like that. Cause it, it would be so easy to throw all these cool things together. And then, and then it's, and then it's overwhelming or, or you're as a teacher, you just don't follow up with it, you know, and that's and that's not right. That's not important, you know. The, the none of this stuff is going to replace you as a teacher. None of this stuff is gonna is gonna take away that relationship. That has to be the most important thing. And if and if you as a teacher are uncomfortable with this tech, it, you're not going to do it well, and the kids aren't going to be excited about it. So just just start small, get really comfortable with one thing, and then add in a little bit at a time. That would be that would be my advice. I'd say. Fantastic. And that, that advice has been echoed numerous times. And I want everyone listening that's that's still on the fence to listen to it. You don't have to go all in. Uh, you can try a couple of things, make sure they work, practice it at home, get your get your children to help you with it, um, your students to help you with it. They're more than willing. So, Peter, fantastic conversation. I got one more question for you. It's the one that sometimes stumps people. But um, as somebody who uses a lot of our tools, I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll have have at least one, and that is if you could wave a magic wand and make something that uh, Music First has or Music Tech uh, do something that it can't do now, what would it be? Yeah, I, I appreciate that you warned me that this question was coming because <laughs> exactly. it's, it's a big one. You know, there, there's so much that that's great in 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 this software, and and I'm trying to think what 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 else would I want? You know what what I would love is um, an audio spectrum analyzer, um, something wow. like a Voce Vista. Uh, what that is 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 you can you know hold sing a note da and then you'll see the you'll see the the fundamental and then you'll yeah. see all of the the harmonic overtones on there. Um, what Voce Vista can do is you can um, filter out so you only hear the second overtone or you only hear the third overtone. Wow. Um, or you can only hear certain ones, and that that is so instructive for kids. I think to see to see what that's like to see uh or if if we're changing um uh if we're changing a vowel sound you know yeah, can, can you see those those lower 
harmonics being emphasized as I go from E to A to A to U uh, as, as that, that disappears. So I think being able to see something like that is, is really, really fascinating. Now, what was the name of that tool? Because there's a there's two things in Chrome Music Lab. There's a spectrograph and there's a sound waves thing. But you said Voce, what was it called? Voce Vista um, is the one that I'm familiar with because, because specifically because of its ability to filter out all of the others. You could say, just give me that one. Um, and it'll play just that one particular overtone, or, you know, you can have it play just two. So for example, like fundamental overtones, an octave up overtones, a fifth up overtones, a fourth up overtones, a third up, whatever. So you can, you can say, just give me those three and you really hear this chord and then you put all of the rest of them back in and it's just one dude singing. It's mind blowing. So that particular program. So I love learning new things. And so everyone, I just want you to know that Peter told me about a piece of software I've never heard of before. Ah. And I am going to write a blog post on this. Go I'm going to go out on this. It's so cool. Dive. Uh, um, I really appreciate that. And I'm sure that every choir director, it sounds fascinating. Because um, then be you can do, because then you can, you can tune too. So you can have, if you have two people going and then you can show the kids, say, hey, do you see how these overtones are not matching up? You know, and if Got and it. then when you really lock it in, all right, now so now this overtone and this overtone are are now in the same place, and so now that's what that's what in tone that's what in tune looks like. It's so cool. All right, so I will tell you right now, Peter, that you, this podcast is coming out on November second. Uh, it is quite possible that by the time this podcast comes out, I will have spoken to the people at Voce Vista. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we can. I love, Good see, that's you. why this invite, it's why I asked the magic wand question uh, on a previous podcast. One of the things that the person asked for, we're doing specifically because they asked it on the podcast. So oh, I'll call funny. up those folks and see if we can get some, some type of integration going. Oh, that's so, great. Peter, thank you so much for spending time. I'm sure that uh, everybody listening uh, enjoyed the conversation uh, as much as I did. And it's really fascinating to hear a choir director's perspective, because often, you know, it, it is the band directors, the middle school general music teachers that are all gung ho on the tech. So it's really, really great to know that there are fantastic choir directors out there doing great stuff with tech as well. So thank you so much, Peter. Oh, I appreciate it, Todd. It's been lovely talking to you today. All right. You have a good rest of your school year. I hope your concerts go well. Thank you so much. Give my best to everybody. Give my best to Jay and Mike and, and all your team. You're there, you're, everybody there is so great. Uh, will do. Thanks so much, Peter. Take care. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.